So, in our journey in the Proverbs, we've discussed a, uh, a number of very important things so far, and the Lord has been gracious to us in showing us, uh, as we've discussed advice, we've discussed uh, sexuality, we've discussed, uh, I think we've discussed money, yeah? No? No, we haven't. Not this year. Okay. Well, we will discuss money. Yeah, I thought we had already. Yeah. But this particular subject here is, 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 is a very important one, friends. Like all of them. All of them are important. They're in God's Word. And this particular subject really is... Uh, uh, I struggle to see when I'm reading the scriptures, and you can tell me if I'm being a bit extreme here, but when I read the scriptures, uh, I struggle to see a bigger sin than this one, pride. I struggle to see it. Um, I think there's a number of other sins that are huge, massive, of course. Uh, but this one, some of the the choicest words by the Lord are reserved for people who are proud. Think about this. You and I are here this evening because we have received God's grace, yeah? In general. We've received God's grace. Did we deserve God's grace? Have we sinned a lot? And yet we have God's grace. But who is the one person that throughout the scripture twice we're told this person, the Lord, will not give grace and instead he will resist. Who's that person? The proud. Isn't that amazing to you? The proud. So many pe people have sinned. I mean, if I had to start like starting from here, ending at the back there and saying, give me a catalog of your sins. I, I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm down. But I'm saying, just give me, if I just start here, let's, let's say we just want to get some popcorn and we're going to spend the next week here like this and just giving us a catalog, will it be a week or two months for you? <laughs> okay, just give me a catalog of your sins and then we go to the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person and then out all the way to Popotsu there at the end. And then to think that in the midst of all of those sins, the Lord has given us grace. The Lord, in fact, pursues us with His grace. He doesn't just give us grace once, like, okay, here's your portion of grace now, see yourself out. He pursues us with grace. He keeps giving grace, that's enough. That's why Paul says, shall we sin more so that grace may abound? No, we're not, because he understands. The more we sin, the more grace abounds. But we're not going to sin so that grace can abound. Because grace just keeps following us. But when it comes to the one who is proud, puffed up in his chest, full of conceit, thinks much of themselves, when it comes to that person, the Lord says, I'm not, not, only, not only am I not going to give you grace, but I'm going to resist you. I'm going to be a roadblock in your plan. I'm going to be against you. What you're trying to do, I'm going to frustrate. Do you, 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 you see the seriousness of this? To, to, to press this point even further, um, there is a, a, uh, a, 
in, in, in doctrinal discussions in, in the theological world, there is a serious belief, I think well-founded belief, that pride was the first sin. The very first sin ever was pride. Um, and people go through all over places to try and show that, but the clearest place has to be First Timothy chapter 3. Go there for a moment. Let me show you. It has to be First Timothy chapter 3. Um, where Paul, we've recently looked at this, where Paul is talking about in, where Paul is talking about the, the qualification for the one who would be an elder in the church. And then he says this about him, right? He says in verse 6, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, he says, He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit, okay? Self-aggrandizement, self, uh, you know, thinking much about themselves. He might be puffed up with conceit, and then what will happen to him? Fall into the condemnation of the devil. And the phrase that is used there, fall into the condemnation of the devil, could be translated as falling to the devil's condemnation, or to the condemnation belonging to the devil. Meaning, this is the condemnation, this is the main issue with the devil. So the devil has done a lot of problems, but this is the main thing. The main thing with him is that he is, he, he is puffed up with conceit. He is puffed up with his might because he's, he's this powerful being and he thinks too much of himself. And that's, that's his primary condemnation, pride. So pride, I just want you to see here, this is an important discussion we're having. Pride is, is, is right at the top. Thinking much of yourself, Thinking much of what you associate with, uh, thinking much of uh, uh, your, 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 your resources, just your, just your, your intellectual prowess and your, your financial capability and your standing in the world and your whatever it is, add whatever thing that could cause anybody to be inflated. Okay, this, this word puffed up with conceit is also used by Paul regarding knowledge in 1 first, in first Corinthians chapter 8. Don't be puffed up with knowledge. It's, it's the idea of here's a balloon and it's, it's inflated with conceit. It's bigger and bigger. And, this, that, that's, and that, it, because of anything, knowledge, how you look, anything that gives you that feeling of superiority over somebody else, or that feeling of being equal with God in some measure. Anything that kind of just makes you just, just stand up, you know, and put out your chest above everybody else. Or speak, anything that, that makes you speak like this to other creatures. You with me? That is, it's, it's the height, it is the height of sin. I don't think it goes further than that. And the reason I don't think it goes further than that is, I've just shown you, I think it was the first sin, which is, which there's a, if you understand order, biblically, that means something that this was the first sin. But also, as we'll see in a moment, uh, it, is, it is really a sin that goes against God, because God is the thing that is 
that is ultimately at the top in every sphere. God is the being above everything. And so everything else in relation to God should be looking up, not down. You with me? Because God exists, everything else should look up. As soon as you stop looking up and start looking down, you, are you with me? You understanding the, the image I'm trying to use or am I losing people? As soon as you stop this, this praise, this exaltation, this exaltation to the one who is truly above, and then you start looking down, expecting praise, expecting that others are beneath you in certain ways, you have just declared war on God. You with me? So this is a serious sin, okay? Serious sin, and we need to really call it what it is, and we need to look at all the corners of it to see how it shows itself, what are the roots of it that are there in our lives so that we can truly kill it and, um, and nip it wherever we find it. Are you with me, saints? Yeah? With that as a, as a beginning, let's, uh, let's begin with group one, yeah? Group one, I asked you, what is pride... What leads to pride? And I ask you to discuss seven reasons why God hates pride. I ask you to find verses for each. So go ahead. Sorry? You please stand. I think maybe people will hear you better that way. Yeah. Um, so the first question was, what is pride? And you said that it is highly esteeming yourself. Highly esteeming yourself. I like that. Um, meaning on your own Yeah, so good. This is very good. Uh, uh, it's highly esteeming yourself, thinking much of yourself. And now you're saying, one of the reasons that I could think much of myself is because of what I've achieved. In many senses, I can say this, look at what my right arm has achieved for me. Is that, are you hearing the blasphemy in what I just said? Okay. <laughs> look at what I've been able to achieve. Keep going. And then he said it is the fear of man. The fear of man. I want to flesh that out a bit more for me. So, how you esteem people above God? Wanting praise from people. Maybe fear of judgment. Yeah. Not wanting to appear weak. Yes. Yes. This is, this is very good. I wouldn't say it leads to pride. I would say it is a symptom of pride. Okay. Because when somebody fears man and fears other people's opinions of them, it means they already have, they want in these people's eyes to be esteemed. You with me? So already this person wants you here, you, you here, to think that I'm either, I'm, I'm at, at this up level here. So I'm going to make, I'm going to fashion myself around that. It is a symptom that something's already here. It doesn't necessarily lead to it, whereas an achievement can lead to it. Achievement is a good thing, okay? I hope you guys want to achieve. I hope while you're here, you've done your homework for your exams because you want to achieve. If you're here and you don't want to achieve, repent. 
Okay? If you're here and you don't want to achieve, you don't want to be excellent, repent. That's simple, that's sloth. It's laziness. Being happy with the 50%. It's laziness. So you, you should want to uh, you should want to to advance. You should want to achieve. That's a that's a good and godly thing. You were given that mandate. But that achievement can lead to a problem. You see? Keep going. Compliments and flattery. Ooh. Hey, I saw you today. Yeah? <laughs> Compliments and flattery can lead to it. Now, those are two things that we can get confused. I, I want to just don't, don't mind if I stop you, okay? Are compliment, can compliments be a good thing? Yes? No? Maybe? Yes. Okay. Uh, in fact, I think there can be a biblical case made that we, we ought to compliment is a bit of a soft the, the, the biblical phraseology is exhort one another so when, when we see something worth commending we commend it so a more helpful phrase is commending but nevertheless compliments in and of themselves are not bad generally uh, in fact in certain places a, a compliment or a, or, a, or a commendation is necessary Is flattery good? Can be good, not good? Is flattery necessary? What's the difference between the two? What's the difference between a compliment and flattery? Now, in case you're wondering, flattery is a sin. Okay? Proverbs tells us this. It's a sin to have a flattering tongue. Um, why? What's the difference between compliments and uh, thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, there's an element of that. So you, you, it, you, it's actually selfish. You're not doing it to, to encourage the person in there. Say, do this more. Um, walk on this path more. When, you do, when you're walking on this path, when you're doing these things, we are helped, so keep doing it. It's rather more, it can be more selfish. Yeah? That's one element of it, that it's, it's, it's a, there's a selfish aspect to it. Since you had a hand up. That's the key difference between the two. Flattery is usually full of lies. So the flattery that the Bible speaks of is lies. It's, a, it's actually not true. You're trying to butter the person up. You're giving them cholesterol. Just buttering them up. That's really that's what you're doing with, uh, with, with flattery. It's, it, it's, um, it's, it's, it, it does go along with this with the selfish thing because the reason that you're doing those lies is because you want something. Which is different from a compliment. But nevertheless, both of these things, the one that we agree is good, commendation, compliment, and flattery, which is evil, both of them can lead to puffed up. Okay? Both of them can lead to someone being puffed up and thinking too much about themselves and thinking too highly of themselves. Yeah? 
Go ahead. Ah, you see now. <laughs> this is Adam saying it's you, it's Eve. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Yes. Oh, ho, ho. Say that again. It leads to destruction. Okay. Very good. Yes, 100%. And, uh, and uh, James chapter 3. In fact, that's the key thing there. Because of this selfish, of conceit and selfish ambition, all kinds of wicked things are happening and people do not have our good fellowship because of the existence of conceit. Mm -hmm. And then self-reliance. Uh, so we are making ourselves God. Yeah. Can I, can I pause on that for a second? Okay, just tell me then. But what if your next one is also good? Just, 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 just pause. Just, just, just pause on that one. Um, can anybody explain to me why self-reliance is such a problem? Okay, here's a statement for you. God hates self-reliance. He hates it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a thesis for us to discuss. That's a statement. He hates it. I can show you many verses. But that's not where I want to go. I want to go here. Why do you think he hates it? Why is it such a problem for him? Give me. Do you know? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's a lie. Right? It is, it is attributing to yourself what actually came from God. It's very good. Yes. I'm a God of my I'm my own God. What does that just double click on that? What is the function of a God? The the, the, the theory, the, the, the reason people have gods. And have had gods forever. And what, 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 is, what, is, what is a god's purpose? No, no, no. You're, you're talking about the god, right? The supreme being. That's fine. I'm saying that a god. Why do people get gods? Ben? Help, right? To get help. You with me? There's a God of fertility, right? When we don't have babies, we go to that God. There's a God of war. When we're going to war, we go to that God. There's a God of this, there's a God of that. And you know, in Africa, we're like, that's all complicated Europeans. We're just going to have our ancestors and they're going to be the one-stop shop. Okay? You Europeans and Eastern people are complicating things. Just have one, just have, a, just have ancestors and they're the one-stop shop. It's a, it's a one-for-all deal. Okay, we go to them for everything. So we go to them for help. Right? We go to our ancestors as our gods for help. To, to, to give us certain things, to help us in, 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 in particular things. So when God says, I will be their what? I will be their God and they will be my people. They shall cry out in Psalm chapter 50. He says, 
you will, when you are in times of trouble, you will cry out to who? To me. You will cry out to me. And then he says in verse 12, I will deliver you and then you will do what? Will glorify me. So the, the, the nature of this relationship between you and me is that you're the weak one and I'm the strong one. You're the one who needs help, I'm the one who has help. You're the one who cries out, I'm the one who delivers, and then you praise me. Are you, are you seeing this? This is why God, it's in this context when God says he's a jealous God. does not want any part of that. The help, the, the crying out, the praise to go to anybody else. We always focus on the praise. God doesn't want anybody else to be worshipped. That's only half the issue. God doesn't want anybody else to be cried out to for help. You with me? Are you following? That is why self-reliance is such an issue, friends. It's a big issue. To rely on yourself, to rely on you and what you can do, to think so much of yourself and place yourself in the place of God when God is the one who redeemed you. Here you are, you're an ant, acting as if you can swim in the ocean. When your own sin you couldn't take care of. Okay? You think you're so, you think you're so wonderful? I give you one week. One week, just one week. Don't sin. Any takers? Here's my phone. Here's my phone. One week. Don't sin. So from what time is it now? 7, 40, 29 July to what? What's next week, Friday, the 7th? 7th of August, 7.40. If you come back to me saying, I did not commit a single sin of word, thought, or deed, I'll give you this phone and my house. There's witnesses and they're recorded. You want to take a challenge, Moses? Okay, I saw you. See, we can't even do that, friends. Just something that just needs an act of reward. Don't sin. Just do the do what is right all the time. Every moment, every every hour, just do what is right. Think aright. Respond aright. You can't even do that. And yet you're gonna rely on yourself in life. Do you see the foolishness of this? See, self-reliance is a massive, massive deal. And as Christians, we must be those who are reliant on God. And there's one very clear thing that says that you need to repent of your self-reliance, your prayer life, your prayer life, your prayer life, you know, because prayer is what? It's just communicating with God, isn't it? Just communicating with Him. So how often do you ask Him to help you in your week, in your month? You see this? So if you, if you are often asking Him to pray, to help you, then you are relying on Him. But if, you're, if you can go through a week, a month, without not only asking Him, but also thanking Him. Because you see, if you're not thanking Him, it means you're not really thinking about the fact that He's given you these things. You see this? So you, you, you are a person who's asking Him often. Faced with a situation, let me go to God. Faced with it, let me go to God. And then, of course, two things. I'm not saying be these weird charismatics. Okay. Yo, I, was, I saw something this week. I was at Cresta and passing by uh, towards to the cars. 
coming from, from Cresta, going to my car. And like, as I'm walking, you know Cresta, like from the, the this is like the, the entrance that has uh, the turn and tender, that big main entrance. So I'm coming out from there, my car's parked over there, like after the old people parking. And I'm, I can hear someone praying loudly. And I'm like, as I'm going towards this person, it's like, oh. And it's like the car parked right next to me. Everybody's like walking past, what's going on? This lady is doing some, just praying there, like, what? And I, I wanted to stop her and talk to her, but I just, I had a meeting. But this lady's like pleading with God loudly, talking as if this is going to achieve something for her. So I'm not saying be that weird person, okay? Just stopping in the middle of the day and making a show out of prayer. Because you're such a person who's praying all the time. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying have that hard attitude of always praying and asking God. Showing your reliance on Him, on Him practically. Are you with me? Okay, I mean, so encouraging in that way. Do not rely on yourself. Change from this person who, when something happens, you immediately jump to a plan. Now, I think a plan is necessary. But your heart attitude should be, Lord, help us. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord give, me, Lord, give me direction. Clarify the thing. Clarify for me. Open an opportunity. Make it clear for me. And then make plans in consultation. Then make plans to act on it, consulting God's word. But, but do not be a person who can live with problems coming at you and things happening all around you and you are not crying out to the one who redeemed you. Does that, does that make sense? Is that fair? Everybody with me? Anyone have any complaint? Okay? I'm sorry since you've been standing. The last one, it says that we won't fulfill and fully embrace the second greatest command of Jesus, which is to love our neighbors and to love ourselves. Because we've been self-involved. Yes. Yeah, so we will break God's law. And it's not just the second greatest commandment. It's like, we'll break both commandments. Because we'll break the main commandment which is to love God because we're thinking so much of ourselves we won't really worship Him in the way we should and then we will not love anybody else so it is a breaking it's just taking the, the wonderful law of God and breaking it into pieces is everybody happy with that? any comments and thoughts so far? questions? yeah? okay um, uh, group B I asked you to discuss Proverbs 27, verses 1 to 2. So as you stand up, please just read those verses for the rest of us, and then uh, tell us your answers. Yeah. 
Well, hold on. Before you get to praise, right, I want to just talk about this posting about tomorrow for a second. Um, uh, I didn't give you the verse, but I, you, you guys' minds went to James chapter 4, did it? You went there, right? Because that's kind of the main, the main New Testament place. And in that, in that place in James chapter 4, he talks about this person who says, tomorrow I'm going to do this and do that. And notice what he's saying. He's not just saying tomorrow's going to come, which like, like you're correct to point out, is already arrogant. You are you're acting as if you have numbered your days when God has. You, as if you're the one who knows what your days are going to be, rather. He does in Psalm 90 say, teach us to number our days. But what, what, what I'm trying to say is, he's saying, he says, when, when you're assuming that tomorrow is a given, you're basically saying you know the universe and your place in it. It's already arrogant. But that guy in James 4, really is, which is this here in Proverbs 21, is a guy who's boasting about tomorrow. I'm going to do this and do that. Okay, I'm going to make money here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve when this, I'm going to be this thing and this person. You'll see tomorrow what I'll be like. You are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's, this, it's this person who says, watch me. Watch me. Let me, if I get this opportunity, you see me what I'll do with it. If I get this, you see, watch me, okay? As soon as I get on this program, watch what I'll do with this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? That's boasting about tomorrow. It's not just saying tomorrow's going to come. That's an assumption, which is already sinful. But it is, watch the, my prowess. Watch my strength. Watch my excellence in action. When tomorrow comes. Don't look at me now. Okay, don't, don't, don't look at me now. Look at me when I have, when this thing happens from tomorrow onwards. Do, are you understand what I'm saying? Okay. When we're doing that, we're trying to run away from reality. Okay, C.S. Lewis says this, says, we always want to imagine situations better than they are. We're always trying to put our best foot forward. And so, one of the ways that we escape current reality that's real is that we talk about tomorrow in these boastful, strong ways as if we are, we are going to show our true powerful selves later. You with me? So don't look at me now. Right now I'm this sinful wretch. Okay? I haven't achieved my goals. You know, I'm, 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 I sleep in in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm not a go-getter now, but just, if I can just, if I can just get this opportunity, you'll see what I'll do with it. Because that'll be the real me. Are you understanding the problem of opposing tomorrow? It is, it is, it is a, an, a, a, a moving, it is a running away from today. And acting as though the real me is going to show up later. Boasting about tomorrow is a sin. It is evil. It is not a life thing, okay? You are who you are right now. You are what you are. What you're not realizing, and the reason that you even feel the need to boast about tomorrow 
is because you are not glorying in the reality that today you are a saint in Jesus Christ. Today, you have the highest identity. If you're in Jesus Christ, there is nothing bigger than this. But you have attached your value, you have attached your emotions and your emotional responses to fleeting things that move with 24 hours. So you're busy telling us about what's going to happen in 48, 72, six months, 72 hours, six months time, instead of you praising God for what he has achieved for you in the past and what he has made you right now, which is a saint, blood washed in Jesus Christ right now. Are you seeing the problem with boasting about tomorrow? You with me? I feel like I've lost people. No? Are you still with me? It's a problem. I, I want us, when we're thinking about boasting about tomorrow, to not, to not minimize it. It is a big problem. And I'm, I'm saying this even to myself, because I've seen this tendency in myself. I just need a bit more time. <laughs> uh, you know, if I just had more time, I will achieve this goal that I've been trying to achieve since I was 22. <laughs> okay? I've been trying to get to this place since I was 22. I'm 30 now, I still haven't got there. You see, because I, I'm running away from the reality of what I actually am. We need to fiddle our minds out of that. That is a part of pride. But a pride about what I can achieve later. Go ahead. So it says there, this praise, do not praise yourself. And I want, I want to just jump now for a moment to number four. Okay, Let's talk about examples of how people praise themselves today that is acceptable. Um, Let me guess, it's my fault again. Some time, isn't it? Ah, you see, <laughs> see, boasting about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, say that again. Is is that like a meme? <laughs> okay. T tough times never last. Tough people do. That's very good, eh? Uh, so these are all like the things that come up on WhatsApp, right? Like those WhatsApp statuses where those goalcast videos. Tough times, but tough people. So I'm a tough person because look at what I've got. I've gone through. Not by the strength that is supplied by Him. I'm here. Yeah. Paul talks about his weakness. It says, it was because of my weakness that I made it through, because God showed his power through my weakness. But this flips it on its head. There was a whole bunch of things, shipwreck and all these things, and the reason I'm here is because I'm just indestructible. 
Yeah, very good. Keep going. God's favorite child. You guys are taking this Calvinism too seriously. It's too far now. It's too far. Come back. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. <coughs> Laws of attraction. Oh, what do you mean? You're making much of your own thinking ability. Yeah. Such that it, your thinking ability is so powerful that it can actually create situations around you. Yeah, it's very good. It's actually a very good one. Yeah, guys. So, there's a lot of ways that people praise themselves. Okay? There's a lot of ways. And they're very subtle. And it comes in different, in different forms... In, um, in different places, in different contexts, and we all need to be very wary of, from our own lips and our own fingers, okay, typing, <laughs> there should not, not come anything. You see what this verse is saying? Let another praise you. So, there can be a time where, where praise is praise or or extolling an excellence of someone, commendation like we've spoken. There's times where those things are necessary. But the proverb, he's saying here, not offering a... He's saying it as a clear statement. Let another praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Do not be tempted, however innocent it looks. Do not be tempted to pat yourself on the back in public. Okay? Let others pat you on the back. Especially in public. Are you with me? When it comes to well done, always receive that. Not give it to yourself. The ultimate well done we're all hoping for, and I hope we're all hoping for it and waiting for it, is the well done that comes from our captain. After the end of everything, then he, we, are, we are longing Sometimes we feel broken inside because we've messed up so much. But we are but we are but we we are longing to hear those words come from his mouth. Well done, my good and faithful servant. But be very wary, my dear friends, be very wary of the of the desire and the allure of wanting to call yourself a good and faithful servant. Are you with me? Let others say that. You might very well be a good and faithful servant, but he says here that must not come from you. And the moment you dwell on that and you want it to come from you, you're puffing yourself up with pride. So we all know, right, that if somebody says, I'm a humble guy, <laughs> immediately, <laughs> we all have problems, right? Immediately, like, we, we all, 
that's funny, but it's actually real. Okay? As soon as I say, no one is as humble as I am. <laughs> Nobody anywhere. <laughs> no, nobody's getting this? Okay? Let another praise you. Pray, your praise. When people say, look at, look at the job you did. How wonderful you did it. The, 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 the contours. How, how excellent it is. Um, we're not saying there isn't a place to talk about the effort that you put in. To talk really, you know, about how God has helped you in something. And you can really think that this is, this is really good. Okay, we're not, we're not trying to police your speech here. Or I don't think Solomon is trying to police our speech here in a, in a way that, that such means that we, we can never even defend ourselves. Like, you know, I've been, I've been an honest citizen or whatever. Like, no, he's not, he's, not, he's not extreme. He's just saying, when it comes to the exaltation of me because of something that I've done or something that I am or anything else, let that come from somebody else, not me. Yeah? Is that clear, everyone? Are you raising your hand? Oh, okay. Let, let, let that come from somebody else. Don't do those subtext posts on social media, where you're subversively trying to praise yourself without overtly praising yourself, okay? Be very careful uh, of those kinds of things, where you put yourself forward and saying, this, I am the candidate, I am the excellent one, I'm the one that everybody should be looking at. I'm going to get into a bit of trouble here with some of my friends, but... I call them friends because I want them to not fight with me just now. I think this is the main reason why most people like Messi and not Ronaldo. Are you with me? I think we can all agree Ronaldo is an absolute... Okay, those of us who know football. Okay. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Ronaldo is an absolute phenom. Probably a player we'll never see again. Okay. I don't think we'll ever see... I don't think in my lifetime I'll ever see a player who can do the things that Ronaldo can do. But the constant putting it in my face by him is asphyxiating. Right? Like every interview, when somebody sits down with him in an interview, I guarantee, go Google an interview with that guy or somebody, he's going to praise himself in some way. Often. And I think this is why people just generally, nobody likes that. Like, again, please, my, especially you men who supporters, I can... I can feel Kaya's eyes burning into me. I can, I can feel Kaya's eyes. <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to fight. Okay, I'm not even trying to compare the two. I'm just saying we, it's, an, it's an established thing. We all know he's absolutely out of this world. An alien in what, the things that he does. But just the constant. How I think I deserve. Kai had this season that he had, and he, co he has the audacity to go to an interview and say he deserves a Ballon d'Or. <laughs> it's things like this, like nobody... So all, all I'm saying is, okay, I'm, I think I lost a lot of people who are not in football, so let me bring us all back now, okay? I'm just trying to say that the, this letting, praising yourself, we are told not to do by God. And just even relationally, people aren't just going to enjoy your, your presence. I mean, do you really... I mean, you know, you go in a, go in a meeting with someone and they just 
all they do is talk, and they talk about themselves and their achievements. When they, you know that person who asks you a question about yourself, not, not listening to your answer, but waiting for you to give them an opportunity, because they actually want to tell you that about themselves. Do you know what I'm talking about? The person who's just constantly wanting to talk about their own achievement and themselves. Don't be those people, my friends. Just even relationally, we're just, you're not going to get invi the invites to things. <laughs> because nobody likes something like that. It is, it, is, it is repulsive. And God hates it too. Let another person praise you. Let another person praise you. And it might be right. It's right. I think it's right. It's not, I don't think it's idolatrous for me to say what I'm saying about Ronaldo. Because it's, it's truth. He's an amazing talent. But if he says it, the way I'm saying it, it's a problem. Are you seeing this? Okay. Uh, you were going to give us examples of boasting about tomorrow? <laughs> okay, I think from like next, from like the next time onwards, we'll just make sure that these people are never together. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Split them up. This is chaos. statement? Problems. As you're speaking, you might be hit by a bus. 
as you're, go- as you're going to sleep, a disease might come. Okay, this is actually quite a repeated thing in the Bible. The, 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 the Lord uses these threats quite a bit when people boast about tomorrow. Do you remember that story in Luke? I think it's Luke 14. That guy who stored up a whole bunch of barns. you remember that? And then he stored up and he said, ooh, let me build bigger ones and store up. So this guy's getting more bank accounts and he's creating offshore accounts now, Swiss bank accounts, collecting all his money. And then he's saying to his soul, relax now, you've got a lot of, you're going to retire and enjoy all of your savings and all of your bond and equities and all of these things maturing. When the market moves, you're going to be wonderful. And then the Lord says to him, you fool. You dum-dum. Your soul is required tonight. And now all of these things you stored up, what are they for? See, that guy was boasting about tomorrow. Yeah. So we need to be very careful about that. And that is the height of pride. It's foolishness is what it is. Uh, be rather a Christian who says, like James tells us to do. If the Lord wills, tomorrow will do such and such. See, James is not against planning and thinking and projecting, working towards us doing something tomorrow. He just says, we need to have as a confession. You know when he says, say, if the Lord wills, we will do such and such. He's saying, confess it. Okay? You know how we, how in Romans, Paul says, it is with your mouth, mouth that you confess and are saved. You know this in Romans chapter 10? It's a similar kind of phrase, similar kind of wording. With my mouth, I say the Lord Jesus is king and I believe in him and I'm going to worship him and I'm saved. In the same way, I'm going to have with my mouth, my heart agree, my whole being agree, and it's going to be a confession, a, a life statement from me. If the Lord wills, tomorrow I'm going to do such and such. It does not necessarily mean that every single time you're making a plan, you must say if the Lord wills. He's not necessarily giving you a formula. He's giving you something to confess, something to profess, something to say, something that is should be something that you hold. You're holding on to this as a reality deep down in your heart. You're saying it with your mouth. You're always thinking about this. If Lord, if it is in your will for us to do this, that is what we're going to do. You might not say it in that way, but your heart is always thinking. God is the one who's in control of everything. Therefore, that's what we're going to do. Okay? With me? Any interaction on that? Clear as daylight? Or dark as the moon? Okay. Group C. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says what? Yep. Yep. That's one. That's the first one. Disgrace comes after pride comes. Okay, now guys. 
as they say these results, I want you to think about it. Think about this this way. Remember what I said to you just earlier now? What the Proverbs are? It's proverbial wisdom. This is what uh, Solomon and the wise have observed. Meaning this is the general pattern in the world, in life. Which means 9 out of 10 times, this is what's going to happen. Are you with me? Okay, it's not 100% of the time. But generally, this is what's going to happen. So when you see a man or a woman puffed up with pride, what you're generally going to see after that is a disgrace that follows you. Are you with me? In general. Now, you can, you, can, you can gamble and think, okay, maybe I'm the one out of ten. Out of the ten. <laughs> you know? But even that itself is prideful. Because you're not so special. What makes you think you're so special that you're the exception to the rule? This is the rule. What makes you think you'll be the exception to it? Okay? So if you're proud, and you're living in a, proud, in, a pride, in a prideful way, you're not dealing with your pride... It's going to, generally what's going to come is disgrace after that. And this disgrace is disgrace among the people. Okay, this is, this is uh, disgrace in general. Like you, you, you fall flat on your face. Okay, I can give you a number of examples here. Uh, do you guys know uh, Theranos? Have you ever heard of Theranos? Yeah, yeah. People don't know that? No, it wasn't a big, big thing. Oh, watch. Oh, man, I'm so excited for you. Go Google this thing. I, I mean, I'm not excited for you that you're going to... I'm just saying that, that the documentary that have been made about it are really high quality. Um, but this lady was proud. She was... Her name was Elizabeth Holmes. She was, um, she was wearing... Uh, she was basically trying to be... What's her name? Steve Jobs. That's what, she was basically trying to be Steve Jobs. And she was faking it. She had no products. She was just copying Steve Jobs and she even changed her voice to speak like this. Proud, puffed herself up and then crashed down on her face. Okay, that, in that one particular example, that's generally what happens in microwaves in our lives when we are full of pride. The Lord brings us down. And I want you also to know this. This, this coming of disgrace is not coincidental. You with me? There's no some kind of law of attraction. Pride attracts disgrace. No. Pride comes and then God comes to stop you. Okay, it's God intervening. It's God bringing on the disgrace. You with me? So don't think of it as, ooh, I just need to dodge the coincidences and still remain proud. No. God, as soon as you are acting and living in pride, God is going to now be against you and he's going to bring you down crashing flat on your face. And you have to hear this as it is. This is a threat. You know how the movies say, oh, there was, that wasn't a threat, sir. That was a promise. You know, you know how the movies say that? <laughs> okay? This is a threat with a capital T. God is threatening you. You act in pride. Watch me come for you to disgrace you. You with me? Yeah? Okay, go ahead, sir. Yes, the outcome is punishment. Everyone who is arrogant in heart 
is an abomination to the Lord. Okay? And look at what he's saying. It's an amazing thing. Be assured. You know, time is quite a thing. I think, you know, the more you read God's word, the more you realize that God is huge and we're just small. Because you and I think that God is delaying, right? Sometimes, have you never felt like you got away with something? No? You've never felt like you got away with a sin? Felt like, okay, actually, I've gotten away with it. Now, there was no consequence. I'm still here. Everything is fine. Nobody knows about it. But everything is cool. Have you ever felt that way? Ooh. You 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 have deceived yourself to sleep in those moments. You haven't gotten away with the thing. It's just that you are a finite speck of dust in a long train and God is going to bring his punishment and judgment and disgrace at the time he chooses. And it's going to be at a time when we don't escape it. You see what I'm saying? We don't escape it. See, that's what he's saying here. He says, be assured. And we can all sit here and look at this proud guy doing his thing you know, flaunting and flaunting and talking this way, and we're like, yo, yo, what a proud person, but he just keeps getting better and better. And he's telling us here, just calm down. Okay? Slow down your clocks. Let them align to God's clock, because this guy's going to get what's coming to him. And certainly it's the same for us. If we're living and acting out in pride, we should not think that we're going to escape the chastisement of the Lord, even as, as believers. So even as a Christian, if you are conducting yourself in pride, if God is a good father, which he is, he's going to chastise you. And you might feel that you got away with the thing, but you haven't. But not. Go, go ahead. Same, same kind of thing, right? This comes after this. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before. So there's going to be a haughty spirit and then we should just... It's like... You should expect destruction after pride in the same way you should expect the... the, the, the ex- what's that thing on the car, guys? Remind me. That when you press the accelerator, what's this thing? I go, speedometer. Language. The speedometer. You should expect destruction to follow pride like the speedometer going up following an acceleration. You see how when you, when you accelerate, you press down, you expect the speedometer to go up, right? Shame, you haven't driven, have you? <laughs> no. Okay, it's the same. You see what he's saying here? He's repeating himself. Pride goes before, goes before destruction. It's just sort of the way of the world. And a haughty spirit goes before a fall. So how do I prevent a fall? How do I prevent destruction? Don't be proud. Repent of your pride. Be humble. Seek humility. Even if it makes you look like a fool, it is better to be a fool, a, someone who appears to be a fool, you understand what I mean? It is better to look like a fool and be humble than look smart 
and clever or you're being proud. Okay? Humble yourself. Guys, one of the things that um, I remember when I was a youngster like you coming here to this church, and, uh, and my, one of the things that Michael said has stuck with me since then. He said, the best way to just make your Christian life without many problems and hidings from the Lord is just to have quick repentance. Quick repentance, quick repentance. Repent, often and always. Repent, cry out to the Lord, plead with Him all the time. Repent, quick repentance. Do not sit. Do not stay long in a sin. Don't, don't be a haughty person. If you feel the haughty spirit coming up, repent of it. Deal with it. Quick repentance. Quick change. Prevent it that way because if you stay in it or you stay in that sin for a long time, the Lord says, I've spoken to you, I've spoken to you, I'm done talking now. I'm going to bring out the belt. See what I'm saying? Quick repentance. Go ahead. Yeah, we can all understand that, right? When, like, okay, we have Andrew and Dexter sitting next to each other. Andrew and Dexter, they're in this room, they're trying to come up with, oh, this is <laughs> Yeah. They're trying to come up, working together, trying to come up with something, but Andrew is very proud, and Dexter is also proud. What's going to happen in that group? They're not going to work very well, are they? Because Andrew is trying to be the bulldog and Dexter is trying to be the bulldog, even with his cap. <laughs> trying, trying to be the main guy. And they're, they're both doing that and now they're hogging the limelight in the group and now we can't get anything done and now all we have is just chaos. And then I come back here and they say it's because of time. <laughs> when it really was just the fact that the two of them were proud and they couldn't agree on anything. Okay, you understand? You see, it creates strife. The idea here that, that it's strife, it's discord, it's just chaotic, it's just nothing is orderly in the way that God is orderly. God is a God of decency and order, we're told. Not a, a God of strife and discord. Okay? Yeah? I think, I think leave it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah leave it there. Um, um, those A, B, C, I wanted you just to think about it. But, uh, anyway. So guys, are we, are we, are we seeing, or are we taking a warning here, yeah? Okay, we've been warned about pride. You with me? We've been warned about what comes from pride. Before we go to group D, I want to ask you a question. How can I discern that I'm now prideful? How can I discern? I think pride is one of those things that you and I can easily see in others, yeah? No? Yeah? Okay. How can I discern it in myself? Help me. Dinner?
Yeah. So not humbling myself before the Lord in, in, in reliance on Him. Very good. What else? Ben? Don't allow any kind of criticism. Yeah. 100%. Very good. How can I see it? What's up? Not wanting to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Not wanting at all, at any point, to ask someone to help me. Kande. Um, yes. Very good. Um, uh, a pr- one preacher made an example of, of he was sitting down at the table with a bunch of young men and, uh, and a pilot okay, a pilot now who of you here has sat down at the table with a pilot okay, we should all be like asking like, we should all be asking questions at that moment so well, you press buttons or do you just like like, you know what I mean? Like, we should be like, in, like, wow, you're a pilot. You actually did the hours of, really? It's like, so how do you, you never get scared? All these things. But he said, as they're talking and the others are asking questions, this one guy just like sitting there like this, and then, he's, and then the pilot is trying to explain some complex engineering thing, and this guy says, yeah, it's like lift and thrust, right? It's like lift and thrust. It's like, so it's lift and thrust. It's basically what it is, right? <laughs> with you. You're trying to outpilot the pilot. Right? You're trying to act like you know everything. You're trying to act like you can say things better than the pilot. Why aren't you having a healthy dose of curiosity? A healthy dose of curiosity. Just say, really, I did not know that. Could you explain that to me? So now, when this happens, this happens? Really? Yo, okay, now, now, explain this some more to me. Like, just a healthy dose of, of childlike enthusiasm to understand, understand things you don't know. When you act like you know everything, or no conversation surprises you, because when you watch all the YouTube tutorials, <laughs> proud, proud, yeah, friends? Very proud. It's a symptom, it's a horrible symptom. So sit down, just, just watch yourself. I really like this one because this one is one of the easiest ones we can discern. It doesn't take a lot for us to see this. Watch yourself in a conversation at a table with other people, especially new people. Watch yourself. And maybe even ask others around here, like, do you think... I feel like sometimes I hog the conversation. Like, I want people just to be hanging on my words. Do you think that's true? Ask people that. Because while we might think, no, these are just small things, there could actually be signs of a bigger problem. There are symptoms of a bigger problem that you need to deal with. Okay? Keep going. Yeah, boy. Is self-pity a form of pride? I'm sure there is a kind of self-pity that could be a form of pride. Uh... But I think more so self-pity is, is, in, is in the realm of, um, of, uh, of distrust of God. Okay? It's, 
it's more in that category. I'm sure maybe the, I can think of a way how self-pity could be a form of pride. Um, so, for example, in, um, so I sin, right? And I really feel horrible at my sin. And then I'm told to have faith. I'm told to confess my sin and trust that the Lord is faithful and just to do what? To forgive me of my sins, right? He's to cleanse me and forgive me if I've confessed it in the right, at the right place where I'm supposed to confess it, yeah? And then I'm supposed to just trust that the Lord has forgiven me. You with me? There could be a self-pity, a wallowing, like a, uh, just a, a great despondency where you're just all in on this, how could I have done this, look at me, oh, I'm so horrible, all of this, and you're not actually having faith, bold faith, that the Son of God died even for me, sinning this way, you understand? So there could be a way where, where that self-pity is actually a form of pride. You're making too much of yourself. You think your sin is so special. You actually might, even with your self-pity, you're saying that the blood of Jesus Christ was not enough for you and this sin because we're not, you didn't need it. So I, I could see that, but generally what self-pity, generally what self-pity is, is I'm, I'm not trusting in the goodness of God right now that I'm in the right situation that I'm supposed to be in. And self-pity falls more in that category. Does that make sense? Yeah? One more. Anybody want more? Yes. Yes. The way, the way, the way you, 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 you look at the plebs, the way you interact with people who are not of the social standing that you appreciate is one of the biggest signs of pride. Um, and I'm not talking about being careful and wise. Yeah, we understand that, unfortunately, when you're driving in Johannesburg, if you're driving in the CBD in Johannesburg, it is not, it is not being proud to just close your windows. Okay? It's just, um, and certainly when you're seeing somebody and they're looking a bit somehow, it's not, it's not unwise for you to just try and be aware of your surroundings. You're not being proud. Certainly you ladies, I imagine, you know, there's something that I feel, I always feel self-conscious when I'm walking near night and I'm walking behind the lady. Have you ever felt like this? Like you're walking behind the lady. And the problem is, she's keeping up a pace and when you're trying to pass her. <laughs> like, like, listen lady, I want nothing, I'm just trying to get past you so that you can get comfortable behind me. But now she's like, <laughs> and then it becomes, a, it becomes a bit of a, so I understand. I, we shouldn't take offense. I understand, ladies. You, you, have to, you have to be aware of your surroundings. I get that. So we are, all I'm saying is, but, but, but there is a way, certainly a way, to look at people who are social, people who, are not, who don't achieve what you have, don't have what you have, don't speak the lingo, etc., to look at them normally. Do you have one? And there will be your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So penance. Yeah, penance. Beating yourself up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're basically saying that the forgiveness, the fullness of it that God has given you is not enough. His words are not enough. Okay. Uh, let's go to group D here. <clears throat> group D. And I gave you Daniel chapter 4. 
Okay, you, know, you, you don't have to read it to us. Just, just give us a quick synopsis of the things that happened in Daniel chapter 4 and then answer those questions. Okay, okay. I want you really to pause on this because this is very important. This here is conceit, puffed up, thinking too much of it. This is it, right here. This is perhaps one of the more extreme examples in the Bible of this. Uh, but it really explains it. Like the, it's, it's all about me, isn't it? My glory. Look at this. It's my splendor the, for the glory of my majesty. Right? Now, you might sit here and think, I would never think something like this. But I'm saying be very, be very careful, don't go there too quickly. Because when you might not say it in these words, but you might be communicating the exact same thing when you're thinking about your achievements, that are truly your achievements, given to you by God, but you're thinking about them um, in, these, in these solid terms. Like, look at what I've done. Like, you can't compare me to this guy. Why would you, what are you doing? Look at, what, look at what I have accomplished. Okay, next, yeah? During, during God's judgment, what was he like? So this is very this is very important friends what we're seeing in Daniel 4 
is a, a visible picture. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me take a step back. God does this thing a lot in the Old Testament where he shows us pictures of gruesome things to show us what, what, what we're doing looks like to him. Okay? So, for example, the book of Hosea tells Hosea, get this uh, promiscuous wife, marry her, chase after her while she's going around sleeping around. You with me? She's going around sleeping around. You go to her, go keep, keep going after her. The reason for that is because God is trying to show what Israel is doing to him. Israel has been going around to all these lovers while he's there. And he's using this picture, this visible picture of Hosea and his wife to show what that looks like. This is what it is. This, this, is, a, this is a horrific thing. It's the same thing here with, 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 uh, with, what, with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. When we are proud, we are like dumb beasts. When we are proud, when we are, when we are inflated, thinking much about ourselves, in whatever sphere it is, we're like crazy people. It's like madness. It's like we're eating grass. Okay, because what, what, what was he? He was for seven years going around eating, eating grass. That's what we're like when we're proud. When we think too much about one aspect of ourselves. You, you're following me. That's the picture. So when you're feeling proud, when you're, when you're feeling like your achievements are warming you at night, Think in that moment that right now I'm acting like a cow eating grass. I'm dumb. I can't think. What I'm doing is senseless. Are you with me? That's what it is. When you get that feeling of superiority. Ooh, I mean, I'm not, is there anybody else that I can be with in the group? Not this guy. <laughs> like, this guy is such a social pariah. When you do those kinds of things, know that at that moment, in God's eyes, you're like a dumb cow eating Grass. Are you seeing this? Keep going, Mark. you have it in front of you. Verse 34 is wonderful. Look at verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, did what? Lifted my eyes to heaven. That, I love that phrase. Finally, sense comes back. He lifts his eyes to heaven. Yeah, we'll continue. Yeah. Thank you. He is, he, that's, that's, that's clearly it. 
those who walk in pride he's able to humble. So friends, let us divorce our pride. And I want you really to do this hard work in yourself. Think of the situations, of the thought processes, of the meditations, anything that fills your mind with any kind of superiority. Deal with it. Okay? It is not, it is not good. It does not help you. It will lead you to destruction, etc. and so on. Any, any thoughts before we close here? Well, I mean, the, what you just said now is a good example, right? Don't post your, the picture of all your subjects, all your distinctions, if you know that that will feed your pride. Okay? Now, some people can post their distinctions, and it's just they're really praising the Lord, but some people externalize their emotional experience that way. It's just, I'm praising God, I have to say this, and it's really, it's really clean. It's real for some people. But it's possible that most of us aren't like that. So, so why should you post, I mean, why should you post your, your distinctions if they were going to cause you a problem? Now you have to go to court and repent. Like, just don't, don't cause problems for yourself. So, so that's one. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, I think maybe we can workshop this. There's a number of, of practical things that I think uh, are, are an exemplification of pride that, or that, that feed pride in us that we need to deal with. Yeah, so there are, I mean, I think the make that's a bit too far. There are things that are good that happen to us in Africa that we need to praise God for, okay? So the, that are important. I mean, even the Old Testament is full of God honoring good things that are just earthly things. So I don't want to go that far. I don't want to act as if our earthly achievements, there's no one, there's no thankfulness and joy that we can derive from them. Okay, I have, I have two boys. Um, and another one on the way. I took much pride in my children. Right? So, don't pride, don't pride, we're not in me. I'm just saying joy, you know, meaning. I, they're, they're my kids. I love them. 
So, um, yeah, you just you want to be very careful by going that far. Uh, I, I think to, the, to commend what you're saying, uh, there is a there is a glory in in, in focusing on, on honoring the things that God honors. So maybe that's more the point of what you're saying. That what God says is good and and requires honor. Those are the things that we need to honor. Maybe more to the point. I think another thing that we can do is just apply what the Bible says. They, um, make much of others. Okay, you're, you're asking practical things. Look around you at other people's achievements and honor them. Like, honor them. Now, don't do this subversive thing of trying to honor someone when what you're actually, in fact, you're trying to do is you're trying to puff yourself up because you're associated with that person. You know, like, here's me taking a picture with some important person. It was a wonderful thing to be in the presence of greatness today. <laughs> when in actual fact, what you're trying to say to people, I was in the presence of greatness today. Okay? Watch out for those kinds. And these things are... And, and, and you're right. Would, okay, maybe to the rest of us, don't go around policing these things. Don't just assume. If somebody's posting something that it comes from a place of pride, you're not God. That's prideful in yourself. Assuming that people are proud when they might not be. But everybody needs to do this work on their own. Because even posting something as good as a Bible verse could be prideful for you. You know what I mean? And, but I'm not going to say people should stop posting Bible verses. Um, so try and honor other people. Make much of other people. Talk to other people about other people. Like, you know, if you really need help with this, I can tell you this guy is going to help you. The Lord has really gifted this guy. You know, this guy's gifts are really what you need. Let me find him for you. You know, this lady really, she's gone through this and she really handled it in a godly way. Let me put you in contact with her so that she can help you think through and, and tell you her testimony. So you're, 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 you're praising others. You're making much of what God has done through others and so you're not so much focused on yourself. Maybe that's one practical way that we can do it. Do you... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Anybody else have any solutions for us? Any practical things we can do to deal with pride other than just saying let's fight it? But actual practical things? Andrew? I can tell you now, and I think I can say this without exaggerating, I don't think that there's a way I can over-exaggerate this. A person who's constantly seeking advice and counsel from the Lord and from the Lord's people and from other people who know these things, they don't have to be Christians, but just seeking counsel. The Bible says, in the multitude of counselors there is safety. A person who's living that way, constantly doing that, I struggle to see that person as proud. Like, it's just, it just shows something in that person. That person thinks of themselves very low. And they're always considering, like, I'm, like let me take this point. What, what's your point? What's your point? 
okay, now let me put it together, what God says here, okay, now let me make a decision, having heard what other people with their gifts and their intellect, intellect, what they would do in my shoes. Now with all of that, now let me put it together and pray, now let me make a decision because I'm the one who's accountable before the Lord. Let me make a decision. But I've done the consultation everywhere to seek help for this. So I, I think you're hitting on something there. Like it, there's really something about the person who's, who's asking for wisdom a lot. I've never heard anywhere in the Bible of anyone being chastised for asking counsel too much. I don't remember. You, got, you correct me if you have. But I don't remember a single one. But I can tell you many who were chastised for not. Or even when they had sorted out and heard it and chose to not listen to it. Okay, so some didn't seek it at all, like Saul, we saw two weeks ago. But others sought it, and when they heard it, it's like, nah, let me find the one that, that, that goes with me. Like, what's his name? Rehoboam, uh, Solomon's son. Um, so, think about, think about that. Any other thoughts? Yeah, yeah, because you're basically being an other person, other other centered person. So you're constantly looking at the needs of others. I actually think that a lot of the solution for pride is what we're told to do in the New Testament, as it relates to other people. So when you see those one another's, rejoice with others, mourn with others, outdo one another, compete with one another to help each other out. Like I want to help you so much that I've out helped you. I've helped you more than you've helped me. The more you're thinking, thinking that way, that could actually be a big solution to, uh, to our pride and, self, and, and our self-conceit issue, 100%.